Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. TC, how's everybody doing this morning? Come on. Hey, if I haven't had a chance to meet you just yet, my name is Rick Rodriguez, and I am on staff as one of the pastors here at Transformation Church. And we are in week three of our series called Soundtracks. Everybody say Soundtracks. Before we get started, I would love to give honor where honor is due. And so, TC, this morning, can we give it up for our lead pastors, Pastor Brad and Miss Ashley Livingston? Over there, matching in their, in their TC gear. Come on. And so, uh, man, I absolutely love you guys. And so I just want to say again, thank you, uh, Pastor Brad, even Ashley. What's funny is most people don't know, like, it was Ashley that really got me to come here. And so uh, we, were, we were in talks and communication, and, and, uh, and I was talking to Pastor Brad, and I called him. And Ashley was like, hey, who's on the phone? And he goes, it's Rick. And she goes, tell him, let's get this show on the road. And I'm like, you know what? I'm coming to TC. And so, uh, but I mean, I, I love you guys. Thank you for believing in me and uh, allowing me to be here. It's been a life-changing experience, no doubt. All right, so um, I want to dive in uh, this morning because I have a lot to unpack and a short amount of time. And I don't know if you know this, but some Pentecostal preachers like myself, we can get long-winded, all right? And so, um, so let me start off with this. How many guys would say that before you start any activity at all whatsoever, there is a certain song that you would play to kind of set the tone for that activity. Anybody else kind of just like me, right? Like, for instance, I remember back in 1995, okay? Uh, I know people are like, "Whoa, you old. I am, right? So uh, 1995, um, there was a song that came out, and it really was my anthem for the weekend, okay? I got my, I got my hardship license at 15, um, which means... For us in Texas, because I was raised by my grandparents, I could actually drive by myself um, from like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And then like Monday through Friday, but on the weekends, I could have to be home by 10 o'clock. So it's, listen, 15 years old, I hated school. So Monday through Thursday, Friday, I was just mad at the world. But when Friday hit, I'm like, yo, it's time to party and hang out with my boys, right? So there was a certain song that would always play. It was on my playlist. And, and maybe you can resonate with this song, but play this real quick. Maybe you can, maybe this takes you back for the weekend, right? This is how we do. Oh, listen, 1995, 1996, this was my jam. My seat is lean back. My windows are down. I'm leaned over like this, and I'm just driving just like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Now, look, here's the thing. With my window being rolled down, my problem is this. You younger generation, you don't know the struggle, right? Because you have what's called that little power window. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, whenever you want to pull up to a red light and you want to holler at the girl next to you, right? You had to do this. Right? It'd be like... What's up, girl? Can I get your phone number? Oh, no, my bad. You <laughs> didn't roll your window. It's like the, the three seconds of shame was terrible, right? So anyways, it's venting to you at the moment, right? So, so that was me, 15, 16. Like that was, that was my jam. That was my anthem, right? It set the tone for the entire weekend. Now, for me, there's another song that kind of gets me in, 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 into this mode, into this moment. And, and when I, I like to work out, you can't tell that much, but I do. Um, and so, but when I do, listen, there are certain songs that are on my playlist, right? 
And, and there's one song, it doesn't matter if I'm running, it doesn't matter if I'm lifting weights, I could be doing yoga. It doesn't matter, this song is in my playlist, it's my anthem, it sets the tone for the entire workout. Play that song real quick and maybe you can maybe resonate with this. Yeah, I don't know about you, but look, I have my headphones on, I'm just doing this. Get your mind right, Rick. Get, get your mind right. Let's, let's put the work in. Come on, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm just doing this. I ain't got no rhythm, but I'm trying, you know? And so uh, the other day I was working out with Will. And, and if you saw the video, this is playing in the background. And I'm telling Will the whole time, yo, bro, get your mind right, right? Come on, lift the weight, push, push. Like this is my anthem for everything, right? So love the workout. That's my anthem. But... When it's date night with my bride, look, I'm not playing Eminem. I'm not playing Montel Jordan. Those are great. Those are awesome, right? But there is a certain song that sets the tone for the entire night. Like, I have an expectation at the end of the night. So I want to go ahead and play that song that sets the tone for us married folks. Come on. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like... I'm just like, Lord Jesus, thank you for marriage. Amen. Come on, right? And so uh, I walk around like, what's up, girl? Come on now. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, it's date night time, right? So that song sets the mood. But then Tiffany's like, April Fool's. I'm just kidding. So uh, <laughs> I love her. She's somewhere on this campus, right? So, so here's the deal. Whenever we play these songs, can we agree that these soundtracks set the tone for the activity? We have to understand for our lives that our, that our thoughts set the tone for our day. So I'll say it like this. If you're taking notes, write this down. What comes to your mind tends to come out in your life. Say it again. What comes to your mind tends to come out in your life. So we have to understand our thoughts will set the tone for the day. Last week, Pastor Brad brought a word last week talking about how to filter our thoughts so as I begin to think about this week and about aligning our thoughts, I begin to think about, okay, well, if what comes to mind tends to come out into our life, where can we see this throughout Scripture? And as Pastor Brad told the story of Moses last week about how he was early in his ministry and how God called him out of Egypt and to take the Israelites into the promised land, there was two people that I believed lived out this principle, that they were facing this crazy situation, and because of their thoughts, their thoughts were aligned, straightforward, that God gave them a promise. And it's actually Joshua and Caleb. So in scripture right now, if we can go to Exodus chapter, or I'm sorry, Numbers chapter 13, the Israelites are here and they are on the outskirts, the border of the promised land. They are, they are standing at Kadesh Barnea. In this moment, Moses decides to send out 12 spies. Now, keep in mind, up until this point, from the very beginning, while the Israelites were still in captivity, God gave them a promise. Okay, watch this. Uh, Exodus chapter 6, verse 8 says it this way. Here's what God speaks. He says, and I will bring you to the land I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. So from the very beginning, Moses sets the tone. Guys, we're leaving Egypt and we're going to the promised land. This is what the Lord says. So their minds should have already been on the promise. 
And up until this point, now they're standing on the outskirts of the promised land. Up until this point, they've seen God do some miraculous things. But if you read the story, you know the story well enough. God did miracles, but yet the Israelites griped and complained. Right? So watch this. God parted the Red Sea. Miracle. But then the Israelites complained. God brought water from a rock. Miracle. The Israelites complained. God brought manna from heaven. I'm thinking like Krispy Kreme donut holes falling from the sky. Come on, somebody, right? But the Israelites complained, okay? So as we're going through this, I'm picturing the Israelites, and and I picture if they were modern-day teenagers, this would be them. Bruh, right? Anybody have teenagers? Because I have two of them. I have twins, right? And they don't prepare you to go from dad, daddy to bruh, right? Like I hear that all the time. And so last night I was, I was getting ready for today. I was ironing my clothes and, and I hear Anaya go, dad. And it struck me. I'm like, she's been calling me dad, not, not daddy for like a couple of months. I said, yo, girl, come here for a second. She goes, yes, sir. And I go, when did you start calling me dad and not dad, like daddy? And she goes, oh, is your baby girl growing up? Do you feel old, old man? And she's like touching my face. I'm like, I'm going to punch you in the throat, girl, get out of my face. You know what I'm saying? And we ain't playing that around here. And so, but here in this whole time, they, they, they're, they're headed to the promised land and they're griping and complaining about the miraculous thing that God does. And I'm setting the scene because I really want you to see how important this is because now they're on the outskirts of the promised land and now Moses sends out 12 spies. And their goal was to take this 500-mile journey in 40 days to go spy out the land that was promised to them. Now, now listen, when they saw the land, they saw that it was everything that Moses said it would be. It was beautiful. It was fruitful. But it was also challenging. So when those 12 spies came back, 10 gave a, a negative report and 2 gave a great report. So let's look at the report of the 10. If you have scriptures here, Moses 13, uh, not Moses, uh, Numbers 13, 27 says this. They gave Moses this account. Watch, the, watch their language. We went into the land to which you sent us. Notice we, listen, they should have said we went to the land that God promised us. So you can already tell in this one sentence that they were already defeated in their mind. We went to the place that you sent us, not the place that God promised us. So they, they were already living in a defeated mind. But Joshua and Caleb, oh, yo, these guys were different. Watch what they said. Numbers 14, uh, 29 through 31. Or, uh, yeah, 29 through 31. No, 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 sorry. Uh, 14, 8. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. So 10 negative to positive, okay? Now, here's what I'm thinking. If I'm Joshua and Caleb, and now these, these 10 other spies are getting everybody riled up, I'm doing this. Keep talking to your mess. Like, I'm going to mess you up, right? Because I don't want to dishonor what God is doing. But guess what happened? All the Israelites believed the 10, which made God pretty mad. And so God gave them a word here in, Exodus, in Numbers 14, 29 through 31. It says this, you will die in this desert. Every one of you who is 20 years old or older and who was counted with the people, all of you who complained against me will die. Not one of you will enter the land where I promised you you would live. 
only Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. So watch this. The Israelites, their mindset put them in a place that they couldn't even go into the very land that God promised them. But because two believed the word, because two believed God, they could enter in. So as I look at the story, a whole generation is about to die. Moses led the longest funeral march ever for 40 years, right? Ever, ever recorded. But here's what I think. Joshua and Caleb had to watch their friends, family, loved ones die. All because those folks couldn't believe the promise. So in my mind, I'm going, what what was that like? How could they make it through for 40 years watching their friend die, their whole generation die? So now let's fast forward 40 years. Joshua is here. He's about to lead everybody into the promised land. An, An entire generation has died. He's about to lead him to the promised land. And here's what Joshua 14, 9 through 11, him and Caleb were having a conversation. And here's what Caleb tells him. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever. Because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now, Caleb switches his words here. Now then, just as the Lord's promise, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old and still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. So imagine this. Here's Caleb. For 40 years, he's watching his generation die. And the only thing that I could think that, that, that he had within him, this resolve within him to keep on pushing forward, was the promise that God had given him. That was it. So his mind wasn't aligned with what he saw. His mind was aligned with what was promised. So for me, I believe this. We have to align our thoughts. Our thoughts control everything that we do. And so for him, I'll say it like this, his body was in the wilderness, but because he aligned his thoughts with God, his mind was already in the promised land. So it didn't matter what he saw, didn't matter who died, didn't matter what was going on on around him. He said, I'm holding on to the promise. Colossians 3, 2, here's a verse found in the New Testament. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Paul is sitting here, and so many times as we read Scripture, we can kind of forget the moment where they are. Here is Paul. He's sitting in a jail cell. He's, listen, he doesn't know. I could be executed. But yet he still says, set your minds on things that are above. I, I'm going to be honest. I've never been to jail. Maybe some of you have. If you have, don't raise your hand, okay? And so I've never been there. But I promise you this. If, I've, if I ever go to jail, my first words aren't going to be, dear people, dear brothers, set your minds on things that are above. I ain't writing that, right? I'm writing to my friends. I'm writing to my family. Hey, do what you got to do to give me my bail money. You know what I'm saying? Like sell whatever you got to sell, sell my Xbox, sell my Jordans. No, never mind. I'll stay in jail. I'll stay. You know what I'm saying? And so don't sell my shoes. And so, but do what you got to do. To get me out of here. Because if I'm like Paul and I'm wrongly accused, I could be facing execution. But here is Paul in a crazy situation. And he still says, no matter what, set your minds on things that are above, not on earthly things. So here's what Paul is saying. Set your minds on things that last. Set your mind on things that are eternal. 
on things that matter to God instead of things that are just temporary and things that do not last. Set your mind on things above. So I will say it to you like this. Maybe you're here and maybe you're going through life and maybe there is a struggle. Maybe there are some hurdles that you're having to cross over. Can I tell you this? Your feet have to be on earth, but your mind has to be in heaven. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what problem you have, no matter how bad the situation is, your mind, our minds should always be focused on heaven. Our feet are here on earth, but our minds have to be in heaven at all times. Rick, what, is, what does that mean? I would say it like this. That means our practical, everyday decisions have to come from Christ in heaven. We're so focused on who he is. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To me, this verse says this, that the world wants to conform you, but God wants to be able to transform you. That's why for us, it's so important to align our thoughts. Because in case you don't know this, the world has this pattern to it. And it wants to watch conform you in every way. And your thoughts, in your actions, in your attitudes. And the world is trying its best. But God says we, you can actually find freedom in that. So instead of conforming, I want you to transform. Every time I think about this verse, I think about Transformers, Optimus Prime. Like every time I read this thing. Because it's so true. For us, it means to completely change into something. When we talk about transform, what are we supposed to conform to, transform to? Watch this. Christ. Our thoughts, actions, decisions, attitudes, all supposed to be to the glory and the honor of God. But notice this. Paul didn't say change your behavior. How many times would it be easy to try to change our behavior? But Paul knew a secret. Listen, you can't change your behavior, but watch this. If you change your mind, then you'll change the way you live. Some of us are still struggling. We're on the struggle bus. We're trying to change our behavior by our own strength, by our own merit. No, no, no. Listen, it starts with renewing your mind. So I'm telling you this morning, for us, there is so important for us to align our thoughts. Rick, why would you say it's important? I'll give you just another part. This is a side note. For us, I believe we have to align our thoughts because our thoughts control our lives and our minds are the battleground for sin. Say it again. Your thoughts control your lives, but our minds are the battleground for sin. And I believe this. I believe there's a lot of people here in this room. You're still struggling with sin, worry, doubt, depression, anxiety, you name it. Because your mind isn't fixed on things above, on things in heaven enough. Now, hear me what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that that's the only thing that you have to help you, right? Look, I got a counselor. I got a therapist. He's gangster, right? So I go to him. But I'm telling you this. The first thing that I have to do is to fix my mind on heaven. So we have to begin to align our thoughts. Write this in your notes if you're taking notes. Write this down. Here's the reason why. Because I believe what I found is this. I believe that the best Christian living comes from minds that are fixed on heaven. If you want to be able to honor God and live for God, not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesdays, our minds have to be totally renewed, focused on who God is. Because to me, that is the way that we can live the Christian life that God has called us to live. So for us, again, the best Christian living comes from minds that are fixed on heaven. All right, Rick, you gave me a lot of history. You gave me a lot of scripture verse. So how, do, how can I apply this to my life? I want to give you two things real fast that will help us align our thoughts. Number, number one, if you're taking notes, is this. Number one is that you have to surrender. 
You have to surrender. Uh, you know, Tiff and I, we, we just started um, Pipeline two weeks ago, okay? Yeah, you guys are, no, be quiet, all right, because it's miserable. No, I'm just kidding. It's so, because uh, here's the deal. I, I, I absolutely love Pipeline, but it's messing with me at the moment. If you've been, if you, if you know, you know. Come on, somebody, right? And so first night, Pastor Brad, hey, guys, we're going to take it easy. We're going to talk about some leadership stuff, talk about, you know, our culture code, all this other stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that already. So I mean, I'm sitting next to Joe, and because I'm on staff, it's my job to know everything. I'm just filling in the blanks before even Pastor Brad's talking. I'm doing, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's easy. Oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah, that's good. I know that. But then Pastor Brad starts on his mess. He begins to ask these deep thinking questions. And now he begins to challenge everything that I've ever thought. And Tiff and I are looking at each other, and I'm like, are you good? She's like, are you good? I go, I don't know, babe. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, but he, that night, he made a comment that kind of walks into what we're talking about today, especially for this point. Pipeline students, you should know this. But here, here's that one quote. He said this. He goes, the core of our sin is that we want to be God. Not the God of the universe, just the God of our own lives. I'm sitting there going, Okay, that's done. Just a little bit. Because for me, I, I feel like I've been a relatively morally good person. I'm like, I haven't really done nothing bad as what the world would deem bad. And so, but at the core of my sin, I, it's true. I want to be the God of my own life. The reason why is because I'm a control freak. Anybody else in here, you got some control issues? Any other control freaks? Right? If you're not, come on now. Listen. For me, when I wake up in the morning, my human nature is to control my own life, which is sin, to be the God of my own life. But here's what I thought. I, listen, it's, surrendering to God my thoughts is not just a good idea. It has to be a God idea because, listen, I cannot make it without him. So I'm telling you today, the first thing, I, I, I would even submit to you this, while you're still laying in bed, God, this morning, I submit my thoughts to you. God, this morning, I submit my mind to you. Every thought of worry, every thought of fear, every thought of insecurity, every thought of trying to get in a certain addiction, God, today, I already ahead of time submit my mind to you in Jesus' name. You started off in the beginning. Because some of us, and I've been guilty of this, I'll try to fight out of it throughout the day. I think I, I would do better if I fight for it in the beginning of the day. So I'm telling you, we have to begin to submit our minds to Christ in the beginning. And write this down in your notes, because here's what I believe wholeheartedly. Is that when we don't surrender our minds to Christ, we will surrender our lives to chaos. When you don't surrender your mind to Christ, you will surrender our, your life to chaos. Have you ever been there? To where throughout your day, your, your mind is flooded with all these kind of crazy thoughts, right? And notions going through your head and your life is pretty much chaotic. Your emotions are all over the place. I believe because in this moment we haven't submitted our, our mind to Christ. Romans uh, 8, 6 says it this way. It says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. I will submit to you this morning, every day before you start your day, surrender your mind to Christ. Every day. I believe some of us are still struggling with certain things in our life because we only surrender our mind to Christ 3% of the day, our time versus 100%. Here's what I mean by that. We can all come to church. 
on a Sunday for an hour and a half, okay, and our minds are totally focused on God. Whew, the worship's good. Pastor Brad brings amazing word. Whew, everything about us, our minds are focused. But how many times have we walked out of here and the moment we leave campus, our minds begin to reel about what's, what's going on, what happened, what's going to happen here. And I don't know about you, but I'm worst case scenario guy, you know. Listen, we have to surrender. Surrender your mind to Christ every day. The next thing that we have to do is this. We have to focus. We have to focus. Philippians 4, 8 says this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Everybody say, fix your thoughts. thoughts. Here's what he says. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, and lovely. I grew up. Southern Baptist, Southern Baptist Church. And so uh, for us back in the day, it was like KJV only. Anybody ever been in that play and in that space? Like, that's the only King James Version. And so I got tired of the King at KJV because it was all the these and the thou's and everything else. And so, but there's actually uh, in Philippians 4 in the KJV, there's one word that changes the whole thing for me. It says this, if there's any virtue or if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate different words than just kind of focus, but meditate. We find the word meditate. I'm just going to dive through scripture. Psalms 119, 15 says, um, I meditate God on your precepts and consider your ways. In other words, here's what David's saying. I'm going to focus my mind, God, on you and your truth. I think for some of us, we have to learn to meditate, to completely take our focus on who God is. Focus, focus. Growing up, my teacher would always say, Ricky, you got to focus. And I'm like, I am focusing. Anybody else ever do that? Like, or, or, or you tell your kids, I need you to focus. And your kids reply is, I am focusing, right? The great theologian Jackie Chan uh, in, uh, in the next karate, in that Karate Kid movie, that remake, he tells Jaden, your focus needs more focus. And I believe for some of us as believers, we're in the same spot because if we can be honest with, it, with ourselves, We can try to focus on who God is, but the enemy still comes in and starts breathing lies to us. And we're focused on so many things around us. Your focus needs needs more focus. I remember growing up, um, and I struggled so much with with who I was and my identity coming from a broken home. So can I tell you this? The reason why your focus needs more focus is because your mind has to be reprogrammed again. That's why the word says, renew your mind. We have to renew our mind. Because I don't know about you, but... In my life, when things seem to go wrong, maybe you can resonate with this, my mind begins to drift. Not on what is good. Not on what is lovely. Not on what is admirable. Nothing. For me, my mind begins to drift on all my insecurities, my fears, my inadequacies. Again, I'm worst case scenario guy, so I'm thinking about everything that could go wrong. I try to pride myself that that's just called being prepared. It's not. And so for me, I, my mind just begins to drift. I'll say this. The reason why we should focus, you can write this down in your notes. When we focus on an eternal God, we won't lose our minds on temporary things. Because there are things that will happen in your life that is temporary. But when we focus on a God that's eternal, you won't lose your mind on all the temporary things in your life. And I believe some of us have been here and we've just lost our minds on what's going on. You know, growing up, again, I, was, I got my, my permit at 15 and 
Uh, and I thought about this idea of, of aligning our thoughts. And I want to talk about these two tires real quick. Some of you guys have been sitting there for the last 20 minutes. What in the world are those tires for? And so growing up, I remember I got, I got my car. I was driving probably maybe a couple of months. And it, it was an older car. My, my parents made a mistake. They bought a 16-year-old, uh, a 1972 Chevelle Malibu 350. They bought me a muscle car at 16, right, at 15. I got it taken away a year and a half later, so it was okay because I was racing too much. And so, but I remember when I got into the car, first few months, everything was going great, but my car began to drift just a little bit, right? And I thought that I did something wrong. And so I never told my parents about it. So it was doing that for a couple of weeks. And then my dad finally gets into the car and and, I, and I'm trying to grip the steering wheel really tight so the car doesn't drift, so my dad doesn't know I broke something. And then I let go with one hand, and then the car began to drift, so I corrected it really fast, and my dad jerked everywhere, and he was like, what's wrong with you? And I go, Dad, my car just keeps going, like, to the right, and I don't know why. And he goes, kid, your, your, your tires are out of alignment. I go, oh, I thought I broke something. <laughs> so he goes, no. I go, what, what, what does that mean? You didn't tell me nothing about the car. You just gave it to me, you know. And, and he says, son, here's the deal. You, we have to go right now to get your tires aligned because the longer that you stay out of alignment, your tires, your tires create wear and tear prematurely. And your tires will begin to wear out faster. I'm like, okay. He goes, and notice you begin to drift. You're trying to go straight, but when your tires out of alignment, you begin to drift. I believe there's people here today and there's wear and tear on you emotionally, spiritually, physically, because your thoughts are out of alignment with God. And some of us are trying our hardest to stay on track, to stay on course, but yet we just keep drifting and drifting. So I want to give you in this last section, and I'm almost done, some ways that we can focus to help us align our thoughts. I, I've been reading two different books, of course, Soundtracks, and then also uh, Craig Rochelle's book, Winning the War of Your Mind. And he gave some, some powerful exercise, one powerful exercise that I believe can help us today. Here's what he said. In that book, we have to do four things. But first, we're going to take a scriptural, like every negative thought, we've got to combat that with the, with the spiritual truth found in God's word. Okay? And once we find that truth, we're going to write it, think it, declare it, and repeat it until you believe it. So whatever lie the enemy is telling you, whatever, whatever, whatever negative thought that's coming to your mind, we're going to find the spiritual truth, and we're going to combat that with that because we're going to write it, think it, declare it, and we're going to repeat it. For instance, maybe, maybe you're here this morning, and for you, the moment you walk into a room, your mind is already filled with insecurity. And maybe for you, you feel inadequate. Maybe the words, I've, I've heard words like this before. I'm, I'm just not enough. I'm not good enough. And so for you, you lack confidence. And so for you, you're struggling with insecurity. And so every thought in your mind is about what you can't do and that what you can accomplish and that I'm not good enough for this person or for my boss or for my children. And so your, your mind is racked with all these lies from the enemy. I believe we take a truth from God's word and we begin to write it, think it, declare it, and we repeat it. And it's something like this. Jesus, my confidence is in you. Your spirit lives within me. I'm equipped to do everything that you've called me to do. Some of us, we try to say it one time and walk away. No, no, no. You write it, think it, declare it, repeat it. Maybe for you today, 
thoughts a little different. Maybe it has nothing to do with lacking confidence, but maybe you're here to this morning and, and you struggle with fighting lustful thoughts. And you're tired of being held hostage by these thoughts. And yet you haven't told anybody about them just yet. And so you're trying your hardest, and, but you don't seem to keep, you can't seem to win the war in your mind. So we've got to find a, a spiritual truth to write, to think, to declare, and to repeat. Maybe something like this. I'm no longer enslaved by these lustful thoughts. For you, God, have purified my mind. I choose to honor you by guarding my eyes and my thoughts. Even when I'm tempted, you have made a way out because you are faithful. You write it, think it, declare it, repeat it. Maybe you're here this morning and and you're fighting to find comfort in God. And maybe for you, you're finding comfort in other things. Food, some type of addiction. It could be alcohol, pills, I don't know, food, whatever it is. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be honest, I'm a stress eater. Listen, when things go wrong, you'll find me in the kitchen. Uh, Tiffany walks in, she goes, what you doing? Girl, I'm hungry. She's like, no, you stressed out about something, what's wrong? Let me tell you this. And so what if, what if you struggle with that in your mind and you're having all these thoughts? And so maybe, maybe we remove those thoughts that Pastor Brass said, we take every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ. And for us, we say something like this. God, I turn to you and not, and then this fill in the blank, when times that I'm stressed. And say this, you are my source of strength and you comfort me in every situation. In you, I find what I truly need. Again, you write it, think it, declare it, repeat it. One of the ones that I've been telling myself a lot here lately is this, and it's, uh, again, from one of Pastor Brad's sermon. Guys, we have a monster of a communicator and a, and a pastor. He's just phenomenal. And anybody ever struggle with bad things happening in your life and trying to figure out why? Like, why, God, why did this happen? Of all the days, of all the times, why now? Why this? And then you struggle because you can never seem to find the answer as to why. Anybody else ever been there before? You're trying to, you're sitting down, you're praying, you're meditating. You're like, God, why? Never get the answer. It's like heaven is silent. Let me bring you some, some discomfort. Can I be honest? You may never know this side of heaven why things happen. And so with that in mind, I have to train my thought completely different. Because I want to know why. Why did this happen? Why is this going wrong? So for me, I had to train my thought to Romans. 11.36 says this. It says, for from him and through him and to him are all things. So God, to you be all the glory and honor and forever, forever. So watch, when something bad happens, I have to fix my thoughts, align my thoughts with heaven. No matter what's going on, God, from you and to you are all things. To God be the glory. God, you have all the glory and all the honor forever. Every negative thing, I'm learning to fix my thoughts. Write this down in your last notes. These are your last part. 
Here's the reason why we have to align our thoughts. Because what we know in our minds to be true forms a conviction, which then leads to action. When you say it, when you declare it, when you think it, when you write it, when you repeat it, all of a sudden, now you have a conviction about it. Now you can walk it out of your life. That's why we have to align our thoughts. So let me ask you, where are you this morning? Is your, is your world, is your life filled with chaos? How is your thought pattern? How's your thought life? Are you struggling with fear, anxiety, doubt? What are you struggling with? And I would ask you, have you fully submitted your mind to Christ? Because again, for our lives, how we think, what we think, tends to come out of how we live. So let me ask you, how are you living today? What's your thought life look like? I challenge you to align our thoughts. Because again, you will never control. If we don't control what you think, you'll never control what you do. So we have to align our thoughts today. Let's all bow our heads together this morning. And say, Rick, I'm, I'm here today and I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm ready to take my mind back. I'm ready to meditate. I'm ready to fix my mind on what is true, admirable, and excellent, and praiseworthy. Because I'm going to be honest, I'm not living this life of peace. I haven't surrendered my heart and my mind to the Holy Spirit. But, Rick, today I'm ready. I'm ready to conquer these thoughts. I'm ready to align my thoughts with heaven. Because, again, the best Christian living are thoughts that are fixed on heaven. So, Rick, will you pray with me today? Because I'm ready to define true freedom from my thoughts. If that's you... When I count to three, I just want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to come embarrass you like that. But I want to know how to pray for you this morning. If that's you, one, two, three. That's me, Rick. I see those hands. I see them. I see them. I see them. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we come before you. God, asking you, God. God, knowing that you are a God. Your word says, God, that we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. So, Father, today we have revealed truth in your word to combat every negative thought that we have. So, God, I pray for every hand that was raised, God, that we will find freedom in you. And today we declare that we will align our thoughts. We will fix our thoughts on you, Father. Our feet may be here on earth, but, God, today we declare our minds will be in heaven. Help us to focus and help us to surrender today, every day of our lives. And I declare true freedom in those ones that raised their hand today. If you're here this morning and say, Rick, I'm going to be honest, you talked a lot about this, our thoughts, but we have to align our thoughts with heaven, with God. If I'm honest with you, I don't know Christ like that. If I died today, I know for sure I wouldn't make it to heaven. But I, can I be honest? I want to know Christ because I want to be able to win the war in my mind. I want to align my thoughts. Listen, can I tell you this right now? You can't do it on your own. It starts with a relationship with Jesus. So today, you're saying, I don't know God, but today, Rick, I want to know him and have a relationship with him. I want to pray this prayer together. Everybody pray with me. Everybody say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again. Please come into my life and be my Savior. Please forgive me of all my sin. Thank you for saving me, for giving your life just for me. Today, I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give God a big hand clap of praise this morning. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. 
more information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. MyTC.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.